Your home is your creative canvas. It can be an expression of your unique style, and only Wayfair has everything you need to bring that vision to life. All right, we just got my daughter the cutest cozy swivel chair, and it's like fuzzy, and it sits in the corner of her bedroom, and I love it. Well, Wayfair makes it easy with fast and free shipping, even on big stuff like your fluffy chair, Ange. They'll even help you set it up. Every style is welcome in the Waberhood. Visit Wayfair.com or get the Wayfair mobile app. That's W-A-Y-F-A-I-R.com, Wayfair, every style, every home. Love starts with you. You heard me. Show off your personal style with new Pandora jewelry pieces that set a shining example for the world to see. From big feelings to small messages, beautiful hand-finished jewelry from Pandora radiates with your love from every angle. Pandora has a huge selection of rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, and charms. There are endless ways to show what's in your heart. Shop now at Pandora.net. Pandora. Be love. I'm Jenna Fisher. And I'm Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together. And we're best friends. And now we're doing the Ultimate Office Rewatch podcast just for you. Each week, we will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you. We're The Office Ladies. Good morning. Good morning, folks. Welcome to your drug testing. Season 2, Episode 20, written by Jen Salata and directed by Greg Daniels. What a team. Such a great duo. Here's a little summary of this episode. Dwight finds half a joint in the Dunder Mifflin parking lot. He launches an investigation. Oh, man. A very elaborate investigation. He is like a kid in a candy jar. In the DVD commentary, Jen, who wrote this episode, said they were very curious about what would happen if we got to see Dwight in action, in his uniform, you know, the Lackawanna sheriff uniform, yeah, and really investigating. And this was something they had on a card on the wall. It was like, Dwight in uniform comes to office. What happens? Oh, well, this is what happens, guys. Yes, this, this is what happens. This episode is what happens. Also in this episode, Pam jinxes Jim, who then can't talk for the entire day until he buys her a Coke. Because he's clearly in love with her because what grown man would do that? <laughs> you have to suspend belief a little bit. We got a few questions about what is jinx. Really? People weren't as totally familiar with jinx or the rule of jinx. It's oh. a it's a kid game where if you say something at the same time as someone, yeah. you just say jinx and then the person can't talk. Now, my kids play it. The way they play it is you have to say their name five times and then they're unjinxed. I grew up playing it exactly the way Jim and Pam play it. Jinx, buy me a Coke. Really? The exact same way. Oh, see, I grew up with it, jinx, and then you have to wait till someone says your name three or five times. Yeah, no, this was exactly how, how, like, I knew the game to be played. Wow. All right. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we get into some fast facts? Let's do it. Fast fact number one. This was the last episode we shot before leaving for summer hiatus break. Yes, I have this in my journal, guys. I have some good journal stuff that I'm going to, like, sprinkle through this. But, Yeah. So if you notice, this is a really big Dwight episode. Yes. Big Dwight storyline. Steve needed to get off early to film a movie 
over his summer hiatus. So Steve only worked one day this week. And Kent Sabornak, our line producer, who, by the way, is my new source for info. Kent, thank you. And I, Jenna has told me she's hitting you up a lot and you always have a speedy reply and she loves that. I do. It's a speedy reply and it's a meaty reply. Speedy and meaty. That's right. That's what she said. Oh, and- you don't want speedy meaty. Oh, no. Oh, Lord. We're going to get the E again. Okay. Well, I told Kent I'm going to start calling him Kentopedia. Kentopedia. I love that. Kentopedia. Oh, that's good. So I went to Kentopedia and he told me that the day that Steve worked, we shot 14 pages of material. I feel like I need to give some context to that. That is a huge amount. That's so much. So every page of a script generally equals one minute of screen time. So If a script is 120 pages, that movie will come in around 120 minutes. And so our scripts were usually around 35, 40 pages. They'd have to trim that. Down to 22 minutes. Imagine if you shot, like we were shoot, we shot like, what is that? Like 25, 30% of the episode in one day. One day. day. We usually had five days. That was a marathon day. Marathon day. Well, I wrote in my journal that this was our last episode of the season, and we were all sort of giddy, and that the accounting department, me, Brian, and Oscar, the fake accounting department, you guys, we chipped in and got a coffee cart that came to the set. Oh, And we were really excited, and we made a sign and everything, because we would do this at the end of the season. Cast members would get together and give gifts to the cast and crew. And so the accounting department chipped in. We got everyone coffee. And also, Jenna, I have in here that you were very excited this week because you got a Roomba. (laughs) And I wrote that down. I was like, Jenna got a Roomba. It sounds really cool. (laughs) You know what? I went on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and I offhandedly made a comment about how I had really wanted a Roomba for Christmas and didn't get it, or some story to this effect. And then I also told a story that I loved horror movies. Like two weeks later, the Roomba people sent me a zombie Roomba. That's crazy. It was a Roomba with a special zombie design on it. And I will tell you what, I was giddy. I must have just gone around talking about that Roomba. I remember your zombie Roomba. Yeah. I thought it was creepy. I loved it. It it cleaned the heck out of your floors. It sure did. We're not sponsored by Roomba, guys. We are not. I had a dog and a cat, and I was so grateful for that little Roomba. Go around, get all the animal hair. Well, and then in the DVD commentary, I want you to know that the writers talked about how they felt like Pam was extra peppy in this episode. She hops. She kind of skips. She bounces up and down during a talking head. You know, there's all these little moments, and they were like, do you think it's because Jenna knew she was about to start vacation. I think it was. You were just excited because you were like, woohoo. We were all in a good mood. We were. We were We were kids anticipating our summer break. It was hard to keep us concentrated on our schoolwork. It was just like that. Well, here's something that blows my mind when I think about this fact of shooting it last. That means that John and I had already filmed the Casino Night Kiss. Oh, yeah? We filmed that already. Because we shot out of order. Yeah. And so 
we we had to like go back and erase that from our character's memory. Yeah, that when we shot happened. this episode. <gasps> Before we go to fast fact number two, the other thing is this was the week I wrote a lot about this episode. This was also the week I brought my own camera that was black and white. I brought I bought black and white film. Uh-huh. And I took a ton of photos. I have all these great pictures of rain in this Lackawanna Sheriff with the black, like tall boots um, in black and white. Well, I know what we're doing with those photos, lady. I know what we're doing with them, too. I don't know if we're allowed to say yet. I know, but it's going to be really exciting. And you guys are going to love it. Yeah, we have been a little bit talking we're, about yeah, it. Yeah, we're working on, on something. something. We're working on something to share those pictures with you. That's right. Okay. All right. Fast fact number two. Speaking of Dwight's uniform, we got a lot of questions about that. So fan question from Bailey Lawson, was Dwight's volunteer uniform copied from the actual Scranton uniforms? I went to Kentopedia. Good. And he said that the sheriff's costume was authentic to Pennsylvania, that Carrie Bennett, our wardrobe Wardrobe. designer, she had done a lot of research on it, but they did take some liberties. The hat and the boots, those were generally worn by the Pennsylvania State Troopers. The Pennsylvania Sheriffs wore different hat and shoes, but we thought, I They wanted to give Dwight that power, and the DVD commentary, Jen talks about her love of this hat. She loved him in this hat so much, her and Greg both did, that they kept wanting him to wear it. So you'll see in the episode, there'll be scenes without him in the hat and scenes with him in the hat. And then they also told hair and makeup when he would take the hat off, they would go try to fix his hair. And they were like, no, no, no. He needs to look like he has hat head. Yeah. So if you look at Dwight's hair in this, it's kind of smushed down because they wanted it to look like he had just taken his hat off. I think that's, I love that detail about our show. I do too. And Rain in the DVD commentary said he noticed a difference in how the ladies acted around him this week in this uniform. (laughs) He said all the ladies acted a little differently. Huh. Huh. I have to get him in here to give us more details on that. All right. So fast fact number three is not about this episode. It's not about Game of Thrones either. I just want to say that. Okay. This is inspired by some fan mail that we got. It made me want to speak about the Michael Scotts of the world. I have no idea where you're going. Okay. I'm here for it. Well, I got this letter. I jinxed M33. Okay. Wrote in to say, trivia, there was a character on Young and the Restless named Michael Scott. (gasps) He was locked in the basement by Victor Newman. Oh, Victor Newman was so evil. So I looked it up. And yes, from 1981 to 82, there was this character named Michael Scott. He was played by actor Nicholas Benedict. So Michael Scott was a photographer and he had an affair with Victor's first wife, Julia. And so Victor locked him in a basement? Yeah. He locked him in his bomb shelter, well, Victor, which was in the basement. Victor was a very wealthy man. I He probably had a whole bunker. Well, listen to what he did, though. Why do I know all this about Young and the Restless? Okay, Did go. you watch it? My grandmother did her stories, but she wouldn't admit to it. Oh, she'd, that- say, she'd say, I don't even care anything about that. But she'd leave it on all day. And, watch, and her stories would be playing in the background. So I watched all my children... My mom watched all my children when she nursed me. And then she she said that's how she got into it, was that it was on when it was time to nurse me as a baby. And then she watched it. I kind of grew up watching it with her, right? And then when I went to college, I 
arranged my class schedule so that I could be home to watch all my children because it was on at noon. It was on ABC. Kelly Ripa was on it, by the way. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, we didn't have what we have now. We didn't have this, like, digital recording no. stuff. If you if you missed it, you missed you it. You missed it. Well, listen to what Victor Newman did to, to poor Michael, Michael Scott, Scott in the basement. Oh, no, Victor. He fed him baked rats. Ew, Victor. Yeah. He also put in, like, a live video feed so that Michael Scott had to watch Victor make love to Julia. Wow, that is twisted. Yeah. I want to be in the writer's room at Young and the Restless. Well, I want to see what's on their their cards on the wall. Yeah, no <laughs> Michael kidding. Scott in basement. Well, Eats eventually, rats. eventually Julia discovered what was going on and she freed him. Good. Yeah. So he's not he made it out alive. But he was there for years. Yeah. Wow. OK, so. Next, Michael Scott, remember that bobblehead? That was in the vending machine at the beginning of Booze Cruise yeah. in the cold open. Yeah. We talked about it. Okay. Because because is this when they put all of Dwight's things in the vending machine? This is the prank. Yes. Jim's prank on Dwight. Yes. Got it. And you mentioned, oh, I think there's a Phillies bobblehead in there. There's a Phillies baseball player in there. Yeah. Well, Jake Lauer and Penguins Lovely wrote in to say the bobblehead in the vending machine is a baseball player named Mike Lieberthal. But get this. His name is Michael Scott. No. Lieberthal. No. Michael Scott. I even looked that up. I didn't come across the middle name. Yeah. Wow. Another Michael Scott. All right. Here's my last Michael Scott for you. Okay. There's a famous Irish writer mm-hmm. named Michael Scott. And he writes science fiction. Angela, you'd like him. Fantasy. Horror. He's written over 100 books, and he's maybe most famous for this series called The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flannel. But in all my reading about him, I am pretty sure his life has been made completely miserable by the character of Michael Scott. Well, yeah. Because he's like this accomplished novelist who was very famous. And then when this man was like around 60 or 65 years old— a television show called The Office came around and turned his name into a joke. So we're very sorry, Irish writer Michael Scott. But I hope now people go check out your books. Yeah. Well, there we go. There I needed go. to give them a plug. They're, I mean, they were at the top of the New York Times bestseller list and all. So, Oh, I want to check them out. Yeah, it's good I probably stuff. love them. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's all I got for my fast facts. That Those were really good fast facts. I think we had a good time in that section. Thank you. Well, we'll take a break. So this winter, we went on a little ski trip with another family, and we got an Airbnb, which was so wonderful, right? Because you can make your own breakfast in the morning. We could even go there for lunch to warm up. Listen, I always want a kitchen with kids. Yep. I don't want to call room service for some sliced apples. I want to have my groceries. I need a kitchen. Yes. Well, this is why doing the Airbnb thing was so perfect. Yep. Well, this family we were staying with told us that they listed their house on Airbnb back in California. Oh, that's so smart. I know a lot of people that do this. It's like, oh, we want to go to Disneyland. We can Airbnb our place and then use that money to go. It pays for your trip. Yep. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. 
This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to time, all in one place. Well, we've told you before that we use Squarespace for our Office Ladies website, and it is so user-friendly, so easy to use. We are not tech people, and we could not be happier with our experience. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash officeladies to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. When you travel, do you ever think like, oh no, I hope I locked up, did I leave a window open, things like that? Well, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe Home Security today. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System in 2024 by the U.S. News and World Report, and Newsweek ranked it Best Customer Service in Home Security. Well, you all have heard me talk about Simply Safe because it really is simple and it does make me feel safe. We went through the website and we picked exactly what we needed for our home. That's what I really like is you can customize what you need to fit your living space, you know? I love our Simply Safe. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/officeladies. That's simplysafe.com/officeladies. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, let's get into this episode, Jenna. I have something right away at 43 seconds. Dwight starts his interrogation. Yeah. First one up is Kevin. Yeah. And he says, here are the symptoms of marijuana use. Mm -hmm. Tell me if any of these remind you of someone. Number one, slow moving. Two, inattentive. Three, dull. Four, constantly snacking. Five, shows a lack of motivation. Kevin responds, hey. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. There, okay, there is a blooper that I had never seen. I, I've watched a lot of these bloopers now, right? Yeah. And there's sort of different comp- compilations of them yeah. on YouTube. I don't know how I missed it, but there is a blooper where Kevin is talking to you at front reception. Uh-huh. And he goes, he said I was dull. And you can't get through it. You keep laughing. <laughs> I could not do Kevin's scenes. Brian made me laugh so Hard you could, all the time. All you had no lines. No. All he said was, he said I was dull. And you you couldn't you couldn't even look at him. I remember that. I remember shooting that. Yeah. Because I don't think we got it. I think the reason it's not in the episode is we never got a take of it. I couldn't do it. I I mean I don't doubt it. <laughs> like, that happens sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they were like, you know what? It's a wash. Never mind. Just leave we it have alone. En- we have enough. We have enough. And then Dwight in a talking head right after says, I like the people I work with, with the exception of four. Four people. Who are those four people? We got a lot of mail about that. Oh, yeah. Well, what'd you you find? I I don't know. People wanted wanted us to name the four people that we think are the four people, with the exception of four people. Who do you think? Who do I think he does like or doesn't like? No, he says he likes everyone with the exception exception of of four four people. Who do I think he doesn't like? I think he doesn't like Jim. Oh, Jim is number one on the list for me. I think he doesn't like Creed. 
I would say Toby just because Michael Michael hates, doesn't like Michael Toby. hates Toby and Dwight loves Michael. He might. Well, he likes Pam. We know that. Yeah. He's, he's got a soft spot for Pam. I think he thinks Pam's decent. Maybe Ryan and Kelly. Maybe Ryan the temp because he's competition. Yeah. To him. And then maybe because he's competitive, maybe one of the other sales reps. I don't know. Yeah. All right. There we you go. We don't know, though. We don't we know. We don't know who the four people are. They were never written down. That's one of those fun little things that we just give you to think about. Yeah. The you writers. T- you tell us who you think. Yeah. So now we're in the kitchen, and Jim does an impression of Stanley. Yes. Followed by a Pam talking head doing an impression of Phyllis. Mm-hmm. Tina Kakalik, Michaela Maroney, and Katie Coles all ask this question. Did the writers know that John could do impressions of Stanley ahead of time, or did they just write it and hope he could do it? Guys, John Krasinski's impressions were known and legendary. Guys, we were like 20 episodes in by now, and we were all hanging out a lot. And in between scenes or when we were killing time and goofing off, John would do these impressions, and we loved them. John could be one of those Saturday Night Live people mm-hmm. who does impressions of people. Like, he is an amazing mimic. The yes. writers knew. The writers knew. It's on the DVD commentary, too. They talk about it, about how great he is with impressions. I am horrible at impressions. <laughs> you made me laugh really hard with your Phyllis impression. And then here's something I thought was so clever is your talking head is by the kitchen door that has a window. And over your shoulder, you can see Phyllis and Jim. Yeah. Which is, Pam has some interesting talking heads location-wise in this episode. I agree. Yeah. I, that was that was planned. Yeah. They wanted you to see them in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of in the chair yeah. where I normally sit. But um, if you watch the deleted scenes, you can see John doing impressions of more people. So if you want more, you can have more. <laughs> and they're great. They're great. He does several other, like, members of the office. At two minutes, 19 seconds, we're in the conference room. Dwight is interrogating Kelly. I swear it looks like rain is going to break at any moment. Well, they could not get through this scene. I remember this, like, so vividly. Mindy was, like, on the floor. She had disintegrated. And if you watch the scene, when he goes, your ass is on the line, my ass is on the line, it barely cuts to Mindy. It's so quick. Because she couldn't get through it. That might be the only reaction they have where she isn't just giggling. Yeah. I feel like Rain is about to lose it right after he says, this is not Kelly Kapoor's story hour. Yeah. Like, he has to, like, purse his lips a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. I want you to notice something in this scene, by the way. What? Mindy's hair is up. Yeah. In kind of a twisty thing. It's a stylish twist. Yeah. Do you know why her hair is up? Is it because she got extensions? For casino night. And oh, we shot casino shot night before this. She's also wearing like a colorful shirt, but then like this pink sweater shawl thing. A like very a ha- fuzzy shawl. Half sweater thing. Like an Angora sweater thing. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's why her hair is up. Because well, it's longer. Continuity. That's, that's real good. So next up, Dwight goes over to Ryan. He says, I want to search your car. Give me your keys. I want to search your car. And Ryan's like, no. He's like, no, you can't search my car. And then Dwight's like, we, you want to do this the easy way or the hard way? Yeah. And Ryan's like, okay, what's the hard way? Yeah. And he's like, I go down. I get it. It's like multiple steps. And Ryan's like, yeah, I'll do it that way. Like he's so like cocky. But through this whole exchange, 
in the background is Angela Martin. And she has the smuggest look. She is so proud. She's like, oh, he will destroy you, Ryan. She's so like turned on by Dwight being this dude. I have from Robbie Austin. Uh-huh. He wrote in a sass catch. Oh, he okay. wrote in about this moment, Angela, that you're talking about. <laughs> he said, I saw the unspoken Angela Sass when Dwight was talking to Ryan about his car keys. There's a lot of Angela Sass, but it's kind of, guys, like, I don't know, like seductive sass. Oh, it's, it's a little. She's so aroused by his <laughs> displays of authority. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. I, we, you know, I watched this with my daughter and she's like, Mom. When I, she's like, why are you looking at him like that? I was like, oh, honey, fast forward. Okay, I noticed something else in this scene with Ryan and Dwight. What? On Ryan's desk, he has a framed photo on his desk. And here's the thing. It's a very decorative frame. It's like a ceramic painted frame. It almost looks like a decorative ceramic tile. Like someone, is it like someone handmade it? Kind of. Right? And then in the, it's a photo of just one person dressed for winter. And I zoomed in and it kind of looks like it's a photo of BJ. Like he has a photo of himself on his desk. I just, that is hilarious. I just found it very interesting because the character of Ryan always seems like he has like one foot out the door. and But he did take the time to put this treasured frame with a photo of maybe himself on his desk. I mean, he decorated his desk. Well, I thought that was telling. Here's my backstory that has no nothing to support it, you guys. This is my backstory. Made up in your head. My made up in my head backstory is that Kelly gave him that frame. Oh. Kelly made that frame. That's a photo she took of him probably against his will. And she put it in a frame and she gave it to him as a gift. And she decorated his desk because she has decided their boyfriend, girlfriend. Oh, I like that backstory. That's my backstory. I like that. And if he takes it down, she's like, why did you take down my frame? Yeah. That was such a fun night. Remember, that was the night that you gave me a ride. Remember? I like the story. So next, Michael comes out of his office. He walks over and he tells Dwight to take a chill pill. Take a chill pill. Chill out. He just mocks the investigation. Well, he calls him a narc. Yeah. And Dwight says, thank you. That is a compliment. I have a little, uh, I have a card at three minutes, 58 seconds. Michael does this whole riff, right? About being stoned, but he clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. He's like, smoke my doobies. Yeah. Doobies with my brother. Peace out, Seacrest. And you guys, do you remember when Ryan Seacrest hosted American Idol and he would end American Idol by saying, peace out, Seacrest. No. Or Seacrest out. He'd say Seacrest out. I don't remember that. I so remember that. I had friends that would say it, Seacrest out. <laughs> like when they were leaving a party, they'd be like, Seacrest out. I'm like, all right, dork. Does he say that anymore? He doesn't. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I looked up Seacrest out. And what was hilarious to me is the first thing that comes up is Michael Scott. Really? Yeah. Peace out, Seacrest. And then if you scroll down, scroll down, it will say Ryan Seacrest used to say this on American Idol. We totally grabbed that. We piece grabbed of pop it. Culture. We grabbed it. Seacrest out. At four minutes, eight seconds, I think it's always there, but I really noticed it in this episode. There's a shot of Michael talking to Jim, and the camera is situated such that you can see 
The couch in the reception area? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a lamp next to the couch. Yeah. Hung on the wall, but behind the lamp is a plaque. Who would hang something behind a lamp on a plaque? Oh, yeah. That's What there. is that plaque? I don't know, but I've seen it too. And it's like, it's just the most misplaced. <laughs> like, Check it out. Four minutes, eight seconds. I, I think it's always there, but it really stood out to me today. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, up next, Dwight is going to interrogate Oscar. Oh, I loved this scene. Yeah. I mean, Oscar visited his grandma when he was like five. And yeah. now he's like maybe a potential drug mule. Right. That's what Dwight thinks. Have you ever pooped a balloon? That's what he asked Oscar. Oscar just leaves. There's, I, a, I know for a fact Rain had to have lost it on that line. I yeah. know it. There's a little bit of B-roll of Oscar over at accounting mm-hmm. that is sort of leads into this scene in the conference room. And at four minutes, 23 seconds, there's a shot of Oscar sitting at his desk on the phone and Angela, the dog poster, is still on the partition. Mm-hmm. I saw that too. It's still there. They didn't take it down They didn't yet. take it down. When will they take it down? Should we track it? <laughs> yeah, let's track it. Add it to the track it list. <laughs> also, at four minutes, 58 seconds, when Oscar leaves the conference room after being interrogated, Jim is not at his desk in the background. I think John Krasinski got out of some background work. So now Dwight is, uh, we have some footage of Dwight recreating the crime scene in the parking lot. He's pretending to smoke the joint, throw it on the ground. Where would it land if he threw it on the ground? You know what he needs? Some tiny orange cones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when I watched that, I was like, at what point did Dwight not consider the warehouse? Or anyone else in the building? No, he only interrogates Dunder Mifflin employees. Yeah. Is that because it was by a Dunder Mifflin employee's car, maybe? This is like a shared parking lot. Yeah. So I was like, Dwight, I'm questioning your investigation. We also have visitors come to the office park. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Interesting. So then, oh, just amazing. Dwight interviews Phyllis. I want more Dwight Philistines. I yeah. wish there were more because I love her reactions. She is so funny in She's this. She's so funny. Phyllis, you're so funny in this. Dwight shows her a picture of some marijuana and he says, do you know what this is? And she says, it's marijuana. And he says, how do you know that? And she says, because it's labeled. Yeah, because it's labeled and he's so ticked off. Well, he's he's furious, right? That it's labeled marijuana. So there's a deleted scene, you guys, that then Phyllis leaves the office and she has some attitude towards Stanley. And she's like, he just asks you what marijuana is. And and then he's like, hmm. And she's like, you're welcome. Like, she just gave him intel. Yeah. But then my favorite deleted scene of all of them, if you have to watch one, is Dwight comes out and goes, Stanley, you're next. And Stanley just takes a sip of his coffee and doesn't even look at Dwight. And he's like, Stanley. And he just drinks his coffee. <laughs> he doesn't get up. He doesn't say a word. And then and then he's like, okay, fine, Creed. <laughs> like, Stanley's just not having it. Stanley's not budging. Yeah, just drinks his coffee. Doesn't even look at him. Doesn't care. Oh, my God. It was brilliant. Zero Fs, as the kids say. <laughs> well, then Dwight does interview Creed. And he shows him the same photo. He's cut off the label. Yeah. And Creed says, that is Northern Lights Cannabis Indica. And Dwight's like, no, damn it, it's marijuana. I looked it up. That is a real strain of marijuana. 
Yeah. By the way, um, it you should know how infrequently I type the word marijuana by the number of times I misspelled it in my document. Really don't know how to spell it. It's okay. Yeah. You're going to be okay. I'll be okay. The DVD commentary did say that someone in the writer's room, no names mentioned, is who contributed the uh, North. The details. <laughs> the details. <laughs> the fancy name for it. So then Dwight interviews Jim, who suggests that it's actually Dwight. It's Dwight's joint, but he just forgot due to his own marijuana use. This is like a gym thing that he does that I love when he turns it back on someone and he's done it to Michael and he totally does it to Dwight and Dwight gets so flustered. I loved it. So next we're in the kitchen and Oscar asks to see Jim Stanley impression and Stanley catches him. Oh, and Oscar hauls butt. He's like, I'm out. He leaves. I am not going to get so quickly mixed up in this. (laughs) He totally leaves us there. And then Stanley leaves. And Pam and Jim are like, I do not think that is funny. At the same time. And so Pam jinxes Jim. And this starts the whole jinx. Now Jim can't talk. He has to buy her a Coke. They just run into the break room. You skip. Pam skips into the break room. Last day of school, skip. But guess what? The Coke gets sold out. Did you see what was over your shoulder in the other vending machine? Lady... You know, I made a list. Of the apples and the cup of noodles? Yes. Well, I'll tell you, um, my daughter's soccer team made the playoffs. It was very exciting. Mm -hmm. And we went to this new soccer field, and there was a concession stand, and they had cup of noodles. Uh Uh-huh. And my daughter was like, what is that? I was like, oh, honey, you just add hot water, and there's noodles. She was like, what? She was like, that's amazing. And then all the girls on the soccer team wanted cup of noodles. So, and they loved it. They she loved was like, cup of noodles. She was like, mom, this is so smart. Well, the <laughs> thing that's crazy to me is that they have cup of noodles in there, but then they also have something called pot o soup. I don't know. Pot o soup. What's happening? I don't think it's real. I looked it up and I think that's a fake soup label that Phil Shea made. I'm pretty convinced. But also, something you should know, the apples and oranges that are all on the top shelf, those are all plastic. Oh, yeah. Those aren't real. If you look at them real close, they're shiny. Yeah, they lived there for years. Yeah. Ooh, guys, it's seven minutes, eight seconds. Dwight is now going to interrogate Angela. Mm -hmm. He says, look, I know you're innocent, but I have to make it look real. And then he yells at her, and she gives him (laughs) again this, like, weird... Oh, yeah, baby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Smile like yes. Angela likes displays of authority. I think she's all about that uniform. I think she's like, yeah, baby. A man in uniform. Put on those tall black boots and stomp around. So next up, it's around 7 minutes, 18 seconds. Michael comes into the bullpen and Dwight announces that drug testers are coming to test everyone's urine. Fun fact, we say the word urine 16 times in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone thinking about, I don't know, doing a drinking game for the word (laughs) urine, you don't want to. You bring this up in the DVD commentary and everyone turns on you. You're like, so if you drank every time someone said urine, would you get drunk? And they're like, Jada! I did? That's so funny. Well, I'm, I clearly, I guess I'm slightly obsessed with the fact that we say urine so much. Yeah. But don't, come on guys, be responsible. 
<laughs> I did not listen to the commentary. So I Isn't that funny? That you tell 15 years 15 later, years I'm still later, hung up on this. 15 years later, you tell the same story. <laughs> I did think it was cute right before this whole like official urine test thing that Kevin genuinely loves Michael's narc bit. Yeah. He's he's so there. Like, yeah, narc bit. <laughs> Yeah, Michael's trying to relive the glory days of his earlier moment where he kind of got people to laugh at him. Yeah. Well, now he's freaking out because oh. now this urine test is official. Yeah. And he's like, Toby even backs it up, right? Yeah. And Michael is sweating. He's got a talking head. Yeah. He went to an Alicia Keys concert. Mm-hmm. He scored some great seats at the Montage Mountain Performing Arts Center. Some great aisle seats. Great aisle seats. I looked up the Montage Mountain Performing Arts Center. Yeah. It's a really cool outdoor venue. Oh. So it's like where you can see concerts outside and it's got kind of this like like a like permanent sort of tent structure. Okay. Um, so it would probably be a really cool place to see a concert. But a beautiful girl with a lip ring yeah. sat next to him. She had what he thought were clove cigarettes. Everyone was doing it. Yeah. And he's freaked out. Yeah. Now he's worried. He's worried he's going to fail the drug test. Yes, because he's like, maybe they weren't clove cigarettes. Maybe they were something else. I don't know. He doesn't know what this lip-ringed woman gave him. This beautiful woman with a lip ring probably wasn't smoking a clove cigarette is my guess. And this starts a whole spiral for Michael. Yeah. During all of this, while this is happening... We had a fan catch. What? At 8 minutes, 47 seconds, Olivia Reddick wrote in to say, I noticed that Jim has a yellow Brunetti's mug on his desk, which is the restaurant where Ryan picked up pizza in Take Your Daughter to Work Day. Oh, good catch. Yes, the home of the rectangle pizza and sometimes circle pizza. I love that. Yeah. I have to point out at 8 minutes, 40 seconds, Dwight has a huge moment for him. What is it? I'm sure it sent Angela into a tizzy. He actually can overrule Michael. Michael wants to cancel the drug testing, and Dwight says, you can't. It's company policy. Ooh. Yes. Overruled. Overruled his boss. This is when Dwight goes over to accounting. He asks everyone what prescription drugs they're taking. He asks Kevin about his Rogaine. Yeah. Kevin's like, I don't use Rogaine. Inappropriate, though, for him to ask. Yeah. Inappropriate. Yeah, we're kind of back to remember during mm-hmm. healthcare episode yeah. when he was asking us all of our ailments. Personal things. Yes. Yeah. Then he asked Angela. Mm-hmm. She says, I don't take any prescription drugs. And he's like, what? He's like, none. And then I'm like. So explain this moment to me, Angela. The look on his face. I feel like, obviously, he's wondering about birth control. Of course he is. Does Angela take birth control? Is Angela saying, no, I don't take birth control? And he's getting this information for the first time, but then he's a little pleased, like, oh. No, not at all. What's happening? Not at all. This is the way I took that scene. Are you taking any prescription drugs? No, I'm not. And then he's like, does the math in his head, like, oh, well, we don't use protection because I assume she was on the pill. Uh Uh-oh. Wait, what's happening? Is she not on the pill? And then he looks at her like, you don't take anything? And then I'm like, oh, of course I take the pill. But do you think I'm going to tell Kevin I take the pill? Oh. <laughs> I am not going to admit to Kevin and Oscar See, that I- I'm on birth control. Okay. That was my question was she at the end there, mm-hmm. they have that little thing. And- yeah. She looks at him like, oh, of course I'm on the pill. And I'm not going to talk relieved. about it. He's relieved. 
Okay. And she's, you know, Angela is never, ever going to discuss her business in front of Kevin and Oscar. Hey, for real, thanks for explaining that moment to me. I found it confusing. (laughs) You're welcome. I wasn't sure. Maybe we should have done a better job acting. No, it was, I just wasn't 100% sure. I didn't know if the little smile there was him being like, oh, like maybe I could be a father or I just didn't, I wasn't totally sure. I think he's just relieved. He's like, oh, right, right. We are on the same page. Okay, good. All right. Well, there you go. So nine minutes, 14 seconds. Poor Jim now is in the break room with Kelly. He's trapped. (laughs) She is just being a chatty patty. He can't talk. And this is the second time this has happened for him. So she's going on and on. You guys, if you listen to it, to me, Mindy, Mindy, it just sounds like you talking about an outfit. <laughs> it There is no distinction for me between Mindy and Kelly in this moment. She's like, I mean, Jim, it's a low cut top that shows a little bit, but not everything. Because I'm not like that kind of person. Like she's just like, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. and then Pam comes in and says, hey, guys, Michael wants to see us in the conference room. What's up? And Kelly's like, oh, we're having a great talk. And she is just messing with Jim. She's like, oh, you guys should finish this conversation. Oh, yeah. You have a few minutes before we need you. Take your time. Oh, and Jim's like, Bleh. I took a screen grab of his face oh. as he looks at you. I want you. I will. Can I can I post this on Office Ladies? I don't know. This made me laugh so hard. Okay. This is Jim's face when you're like, oh, no, no. Go ahead. Finish it. It's totally fine. Yeah. Ready? This is Jim's face. Okay. He is in pain and he's like, do not leave, Pam. That needs to be a meme. I know. That needs to be a meme. Like, so I put it in panicked, my, yeah. shock. I put it amazing. In my, I put it in my Insta story, and so many people were like, I know the exact moment. I know the exact moment. <laughs> All right. So now we do go into the conference room for the meeting. It's nine minutes, 50 seconds. Angela, we had people write in and point out that the conference table is in the conference room. Yeah. We are not in our standard rows of chairs. This is the first time I think this has happened since performance review when we went over the suggestion box. With Larry Wilmore. Yeah. Yes. Just a little interesting little thing. Every once in a while, we have these meetings. The magical conference table. Where has it been? I guess they didn't feel like moving it this time. Who sets it up? We don't know. Where does it go? All right. So now 10 minutes, 21 seconds. Michael has a talking head about being anti-drug. We got a fan question from Kira. She says, why does Steve have a Band-Aid on his left ring finger in this episode? It looks like maybe it's covering his wedding ring. Is that what's happening? All right. So as soon as I read Kira's question, I immediately flashback. Did you remember? I 100% remembered. Mm -hmm. So here is what happened, Kira. I have a very clear memory of Steve coming in to the hair and makeup trailer the morning he shot on this episode, and his finger, his ring finger where he wears his wedding ring, was all swelled up. He had jammed it, right? jammed it. Yeah. And it wasn't broken. He had gone and had it looked at. Doctor said, it's not broken, but there's no way we can get your wedding ring off. But so here's the thing. Steve's married in real life. He comes to work. He normally, you have like a little caddy that holds your jewelry. You take off your wedding rings. You get in your costume, your wardrobe for the day. Yeah. And you're someone else in those scenes, right? Yes. You can't have on your wedding ring, Steve. Michael Scott can't have a wedding ring on. He's not married yet. Yes. So I remember there was this whole discussion. What are we going to do? Now, remember, Steve only had to work one day this week. 
There was no way they were going to make him cut off his wedding band to shoot for one day. Right. So instead, they came in and they wrapped his wedding ring with this sort of like, I don't know. It was like a Band-Aid kind of looking Kind of like a medical tape kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And if you watch this episode, if you go through, a lot of the time, he keeps his left hand down. Now that you know this fact— In rewatching this episode, look at how often he's hiding his left hand. He's got it in his pocket a few times. Yep. Yeah. Except in this talking head, he brings his hands right up in front of him. He folds his hand and there it's right there. It's you can right there. totally see it. That's what Kiara saw. I did go through and I did clock. The other times I could see it, I could only see it three other times. I just remember it in the talking head. Where else did you see the Band-Aid thing? I saw it at four minutes, 11 seconds, seven minutes, 21 seconds, and 14 minutes, 46 seconds. But I'm telling you guys, that's because I saw a flash of his left hand and I paused. (laughs) So I want you guys to know that I traded messages with Steve Carell. I wanted to confirm that my memory was true, and he said yes. This is all true. This is my memory was correct, but he gave me an added detail. How did he jam his finger? Did he tell you? Yes, he told me he jammed it playing pickup hockey. Oh. Remember in Michael's birthday, we told you guys that Steve was a hockey player. He's very good. Yeah, and he would play pickup hockey. And so he jammed it playing pickup hockey. All right. So now we are back in the conference room. And Michael starts rattling off drug statistics. He does. And I have to just point out one thing about this conference room. Yeah. There is a lot of Angela sass. I don't know if it's because I'm sit like seated like right front and center there. There are so many Angela Martin eye rolls. Yeah. In this episode. Yeah. This in the conference a, a room. a gift maker's dream. Yeah. This scene is a ton of Angela sass. One of Michael's statistics is he says... That more people will use cocaine than read a book to their children this year. Yeah. Jen Salata in the DVD commentary said that that got her so tickled that they wanted to make it sort of the bar that Michael measures everything from, that he would just keep saying, like, whatever it was happening in the world, then more people will read a book to their children. I love I it, That line to me was just perfection in writing. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Then Michael reveals his list of illegal drugs. So Michael says he's ridiculously anti-drug, right? Mm -hmm. And he then he goes on to say that, I mean, that Cheech and Chong would have been funnier, right? Wouldn't they? Imagine how funny they could be if they weren't stoned. And it cuts to my face and I make it like a what? Like a weird eye roll, like what the heck? This is actually a reaction from a different moment. Really? Yes. In a deleted scene, Michael is going off and he's trying to say the word omniscient, but he can't say it. And I like make a big eye roll and look at him like, you idiot. And that's the reaction. They took it and then put it to Cheech and Chong. Because when I watched this, I was like, why would would Angela Martin even know Cheech and Chong? I had that same thought. Why is she reacting like, oh, please, Michael, it's Cheech and Chong. Come on. Everyone knows their act. It was so funny, though. It was really funny, but it's to a different moment, which makes sense to me because I don't think Angela Martin would have reacted like that. To that line. Yeah. I agree. So now Michael reveals his list of illegal drugs. Yes. He wants us to know these drugs are illegal. Mm -hmm. Did you write them down? I did. He wrote crack, cocaine, pot, blow, acid, hookah, 
heroine spelled like the heroine, the female heroine. Right. The heroine of a story. Right. And speed. And speed. So aren't crack, cocaine, and blow all kind of like variations on the same drug? I mean, I'm not a drug expert, but Sam's nodding, so he... Oh, Sam. Poor <laughs> Sam. Poor Sam. We're always like, Sam, tell us about cornhole and drugs. Whenever we have any questions about <laughs> inappropriate behavior, we turn to Sam. Toby says hookah is not an illegal drug. And Michael says, I'm going to test your hair and blood randomly. I mean, oh, wait, this is great, too. So and then he's like, Pam, can you write this down? And yeah. Pam's like, I got, I got nothing. Yeah. Okay, so here is something so great. Somewhere right in here, there is a deleted scene where all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you hear Jan's voice. And she's like, Michael, I don't think I need to be on the line for this. Oh. <laughs> and, and then Pam goes, has Jan been on the phone the whole time? Is that maybe why the conference table is there? Because he had Jan on speakerphone? The phone is by you on oh a table God. next to you. It's not even on the conference table. And and yes, Jan hangs up and you're like, was she on the phone the whole time? Is that crazy? It made me laugh so hard. I totally. Oh, I wish we'd kept that in. Why I did know. that get deleted? We probably had to cut it for time, but it was really funny. Oh, that's too bad. Well, that whole Pam, can you take this down moment? That was improvised. I loved I it. I was like, I don't have anything to anything done with. And they kept it in. They kept it in. I have a thing from my journal entry about this scene. Okay. I said that we really were laughing so much in this scene. And in between takes, Creed would tell us stories from his time that he was in a band, the grassroots, and he, they traveled with the doors. So oh, there was yeah. there was some uh, drug use, guys. And Creed would tell us stories. Creed, of course, is hilarious. And I, I don't even know if half of what he said was true or not, but we were cracking up. He had us riveted. Yeah. He had us riveted. I have a question about that. In all of this drug testing that's going on, why is Creed not worried? And how does he pass? His character clearly uses recreational drugs. I would think my backstory for that would be that Creed has found a way to, like, he has a stash of urine. He's got, like, a, he's got a go around. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a way around it. Okay. So now Pam raises her hand and says, Jim has an amazing story about a relative that got, quote, caught up in the world of drugs. Yeah. But Jim can't talk. She's messing with him. She's messing with him. She's messing with him. Michael is like, Jim, stand up. Let's hear your story. This is your time to share. John Krasinski is so good in this scene. He's so good. His he's silent so, performance. He's a brilliant actor with like no words. He's great yeah. with words. Without words, he's amazing. By the way, I think he made a whole movie based on that. It's called A Quiet Place <laughs> and A Quiet Place Part Two. He's so good. He can do anything with his face. He can do nonverbal acting like great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I want you guys to look at 12 minutes, 46 seconds. Jenna, I'm going to show you the picture. What happened? I want you to guess who I'm looking at with this true concern and worry and compassion. Angela Martin. Okay. True concern and compassion. Are look you at looking that. at Jim? 
I'm looking at Jim. Oh, you're so worried about his family member who got caught up in the world of drugs. This might be the only time in the whole series that Angela Martin looks at Jim with compassion. Wow. Wow. People were worried. He teared up. Pam is impressed. She has a talking head now by the front door of the office. They have the Dunder Mifflin sign right there. Yep. This is like, no one ever really has talking heads in these places by the kitchen door, by the sign in the front. Yeah. Well, she can't do it in the conference room because everybody's in there. Right. So they had to put her by the sign. So you're by well, the- you know what that is, by the way. That's Greg Daniels. Greg Daniels directed this episode, and he very often did our talking heads places other than the formal places, especially if he felt like the talking head was a reaction to something that was happening in the moment. He would call them on the fly talking yeah. heads. I yeah. got to get your feelings about this moment on the fly. He loved that. Yeah. I loved it too. It's kind of a fun way to mix up the talking heads. But Pam is legit impressed with Jim. Oh, yeah. She's like, wow. She's wow. super, super like enamored in this talking mm-hmm. head. So now back in the conference room, Dwight has to remind Michael that he will also be tested. He's really like, Michael, I'm sorry, but you're going to be tested. Michael's like, hey, guys, no one hates drugs more than I do in this office. Yeah, so I don't need to be tested. Yeah. Dwight's like, you're going to be tested. And Michael's like, I don't even I don't even know if anything's going to come out when I pee. I'm very busy today. I don't know if anything's going to come out. I, I'm so busy. I wasn't planning on going to the bathroom today. Yeah, I don't have time. All right, so I think we should take a break, and we will come back with Linda, the drug tester. Linda. Linda's going to come test everyone for drugs. But you know what? Let's take a break, and we'll be back with some formal drug testing. Yeah, because unlike Michael, I actually do plan on going to the bathroom. I could use a bathroom I break. Pee. Yeah, me too. Is that an overshare? It's not an overshare. We're not going to test you for drugs while you pee today, Angela. Are you in charge of drug testing, Jenna? I could be. Oh, Lord. All right. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed to connect with candidates faster by scheduling, screening, and messaging. And Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 23 hires were made on Indeed every minute, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies. Just go to Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash office ladies. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we all carry around different stressors. Some are big, some are small. I know I keep mine kind of bottled up, and it can start to affect us. Well, therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. You can finally get a chance to talk about all those stressors. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OfficeLadies today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OfficeLadies. And we're back. Angela Peed. I, I did end up testing her urine. Oh, great. Urine, urine, urine. I, te- I, I, I passed, guys. She passed. She passed. At 14 minutes, Linda, the drug tester, has arrived. She is played by Marilyn Brett. Uh, Marilyn Brett has done a whole bunch of, like, small roles in film and television, including the most recent Captain Marvel movie. Here's my question. I did see Wonder Woman. It's so badass. I loved Wonder Woman. Loved it. How old do my kids have to be to see Wonder Woman? I watched it a second time with that in mind because there is shooting and there is people getting killed. It's not gruesome or graphic, but there is that kind of what is the age There's for that? There's also some sexual innuendo. Yeah. Well, there's common sense media is common good for sense that. media. That's yeah. what we always parents check it. all do that. Guys, this is not an ad for common sense media, but it could be. It should be. I'd give one. Here's a free one. Common sense media for parents. You it's can check it out. Great. It's great. They kind of go through movies and, and sort of talk about the content. Yeah. Um, they so. give an age recommendation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all there right. you go. That turned. <laughs> that took a strange turn. Yeah. We were talking about Linda, the drug tester. Dwight is asking her, "Hey, do you remember me?" Nice to see you. And she's like, I test a lot of people's urine. Yeah, dude, I do this a lot. And he's like, yeah, but mine was green. She's like, oh, yes. How are you doing? And he's like, I'm better. Well, we got a lot of mail about that. We did? About green urine. Oh. Angela, green urine is very rare. Okay. I investigated it. I, I can't wait to hear what you found. Well, it's mostly connected to something you ate. Asparagus, maybe? Not asparagus. Okay. Like, let's say you're at a kid's birthday party and they serve an ice cream cake with, like, super blue icing, like blue dye icing. Okay. Turns your mouth blue. And your pea green. Correct. Okay. Now, if you haven't eaten something like that, you might want to call your doctor if you pea green because it could also be caused by a bacterial infection or it is a side effect of some medications. All right, guys. You heard it here from Dr. Jenna. That's right. And yeah. I had a list of all the medications, but Angela won't let me read it because she said it was too boring. I did not say that. I did not say that. I want you guys to know she read them, and I thought some of it was gruesome and, she said, and off-putting as she listed the side effects. And I thought, oh, Lord, you know. I think it was a good call. She made me redo it. And I think that was a good call, Ange. I just I just don't want to scare all the children away. We do we do that sometimes on the podcast. She'll sometimes say, Ange, we think better of something. She'll say, Ange, you can't say that. Guys, there was just a prescription medicine and the side effects were like, okay, well, throw in the towel because it's over. I want you to notice, though, in the background while Linda is talking to Dwight, Michael is pacing back and forth. He is freaking out. He's really lurking. And also in the background is Luann. Luann is back there. And she's in the background a lot in this episode. We got a lot of mail about that, actually wondering who is the woman playing solitaire on her computer in the background, who is in the background of this scene while Michael is lurking. It's Luann. Luann alert. So now Michael calls Dwight into his office. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, the scene is so good. 
It's a spy shot through the window where Michael is telling Dwight, I need your urine. Yeah. In the DVD commentary, Jen talks about how the tone of the scene, they almost wanted it like a scene like in The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Like this this deed that I am going to ask you yeah. has, a lot of, has a lot of weight to it. Yeah. Michael kind of tells Dwight all about the Alicia Keys concert, all about the girl with the lip ring. And Dwight is like, oh, whoa. Wow. Oh, wow. No, yeah. I hear you. Wow. And then this is my favorite line. Dwight's like, Michael, I don't think I can do it. And Michael says, urine goes all over the place. There's no controlling it. Dwight says, not mine. (laughs) He says, the cup could find its way under the urine. It might be an accident. Yeah. You didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. The urine just flew into the cup. Yeah. And then you handed it to me. All right. Something I want to talk about in this scene, though. Mm-hmm. At 14 minutes, 23 seconds, there is a framed photo of the employees of Dunder Mifflin on this little table that's opposite Michael's desk. That is was on one of my cards as well. And we know the story behind this photo. It is from an episode that we shot, but since these aired out of order... You haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet. It's from the conflict resolution episode. Yes, and Michael photoshops her faces. Yes, he's trying to get a group shot, but he can't get it. So he does this sort of clumsy photoshopped one, and he frames it, and he puts it in his office. And continuity error, we forgot to take it down for the scene. We all have a copy of this photo in a frame that Greg Daniels gave us as a gift as well. I still have mine. Oh, Um, I love that. And now, guys, it's 15 minutes, 45 seconds, and Angela and Dwight are in the kitchen. Yeah. I really think that Michael is a big source of conflict for them in their relationship. Yes. Because constantly, Angela thinks Michael is an idiot, Mm -hmm. and she thinks, why would Dwight support this idiot? His loyalty to Michael is a sticking point for her because it causes Dwight to go against his principles. His moral compass. And there, if there's nothing that Angela loves more than a good principle. I know, except when she needs to bend it. Well, <laughs> To yes. serve her purpose. That's right. But yes, she definitely thinks that Michael is Dwight's soft spot and it makes him lose his judgment. So she just says to him in the, in the kitchen, she's like, listen, I can't, I cannot, you know, approve of this. I'm not going to give you my approval. And he's he's like, Angela, I want him to have all the urine he needs. Yeah. All of it. All the urine he needs. Oh. Lady, your hair is so long and pretty in that scene, too. Oh, thank you. Did you notice it? I noticed. It's gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, what's happening? I noticed how long it was. Yeah. It's super long. It's yeah. probably the longest I've ever had my hair. Yeah. I don't know. And it was very flowing oh. in that scene. Oh, thank you. I noticed. Thanks. All right. So now we have Dwight's talking head. And this is the talking head that Greg Daniels talked about in Booze Cruise with us. Yes. Where he talks about his ancestors and he says his, was it his great grandfather was Dwight Shrewd Amish? Yes. So there's a great little tidbit in the DVD commentary about this. So if you get the CDs, this is a great one. Um, I love that you just called them CDs, Angela. Are they? What are they? Are DVDs, they right? When you get your VHS. No, it's so cute because CDs are what we used to listen to music on. I'll never get it right. 
My kids have given up on it's correcting such, me. It's such a mom moment. I know. And my kids used to correct me and now they're like, yeah, yeah, fine. Okay. These the are the things that we do that annoy our children. And I know our parents had like I know things they did to us, but that was such a mom moment. Okay. I know. Okay. I love so it. in the DVDs. So this talking head where Rain improvised that his father was Dwight Schrute, his grandfather was Dwight Schrute, his father was Dwight Schrute, Amish, was a whole talking head that Rain improvised in the pilot. It was in the pilot, but they they didn't have time for it. And Greg loved it so much. He was like, I am going to find a way to get that back in. So Rain did it in this episode. 26 episodes later. Yes. Wow. I know. That shows you Greg Daniels, right? Like Greg Daniels is like, I will not forget. Yeah. I have spotted a moment of genius. Mm-hmm. And by God, it will find its way into this series. Yes. And so he made it happen. He found the moment. And then, of course... This whole talking head really just opens up a whole world that is Moe's, yep. the beet farm, yeah. their Amish background. All of that. So, guys, Dwight does give Michael his oh, urine. Oh, he does. In oh. a to-go coffee cup labeled Michael Scott sample. Yeah. He does it. He, You see him sort of walking around the office with it, but he does actually do it. Oh, he's debating it. He's going back and forth. This is a tough decision. And Jim's watching this. He's like, what is happening? And Dwight has this talking head about how his dad used to cheat when they played games. And he didn't know it at the time, of course. But years later, his dad told him and he was shocked. Yeah. He, I mean, Dwight's is so childlike, you know. But it's interesting that that talking head is what's happening while he is debating on helping someone who's like a father figure to him. Well, after he does this, he decides, I can't be a volunteer sheriff anymore. I have to turn in my uniform. And he does. And there's a deleted scene. Of him going into the sheriff's office. Yes. And it's really good. Yeah, it is really good. And he gives back his badge. And the guy's like, we never gave you that. Where did you get this? He's like the gift shop. And then he's like, did you ever dress in uniform? He goes, oh, yeah, I did a lot. And he goes, he hits a record button. He goes, you're going to need to tell me everything you did in this uniform. (laughs) Well, I went to Kentopedia. Oh, Kentopedia. Because we had a fan question from Heather Buckley. What building was used as the sheriff's station where Dwight returns his uniform? We did not fly to Scranton and shoot the exterior of the Scranton police station. It was actually uh, the Van Nuys courthouse in Van Nuys, California. But the multiple scenes that are shot inside, Kent told me they built those on stage two behind the warehouse. So while all this is happening, Jim and Pam are in the kitchen. It's flirty McFlirty time. It is. Well, it starts flirty and then it ends real sad. And then it destroys you. Yeah. This scene, at 17 minutes, six seconds, they're flirting, you know, and then at 17, You you look like you want to tell me something, Jim. You can tell me anything. Come on. Loaded question. Yeah. Because his heart is on his sleeve right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. John Krasinski, your face. And then, Jenna, your face at the realization. Brilliant. Amazing. You guys just crushed it in the scene. So I know this is sort of jogging back in time a little bit, but I loved when Ryan asked Linda if they were hiring. (laughs) She's like, you want to work at a urine analysis lab? He's like, maybe. And then Kevin, 
I thought there was a little bit of foreshadowing here. Okay. At 17 minutes, 57 seconds, it's Kevin's turn to give his urine sample. And he asked Linda for a magazine. Yeah. And Linda's like, it's just a urine sample. And he's like, well, still. But listen, is this a little foreshadowing? Kevin is used to when he has to give a little something of himself. He has to have a magazine because he goes to a sperm bank all the time. He does? Season five. There's a great scene in the baby shower episode where Jan is saying she used a sperm bank. Oh, that's right. Kevin's like, which one? And she's like, you wouldn't know it. It's very prestigious. And he goes, she goes, it's in. And he goes, is it? Oh, is it by that 7-Eleven? I forget what he says. Yeah. And the look over her face of like, oh, crap, that's the one. And Kevin goes on to say that he donates to a sperm bank quite a bit. So I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was pretty funny that he asked Linda for a magazine. because It's just that he's used to that. He's used to going somewhere, getting a cup and a magazine and going in a room. (laughs) Oh, that's such a good catch, Ange. I love that. So now Michael tells Dwight he passed the test. Yes. And Dwight is like, that's great. I turned in my uniform. Yeah. And and Michael can really tell how upset Dwight is. And there is a spy shot, not a peep shot. See, Jenna, I'm learning. Okay. There's a, a spy shot. shot through the blinds of Michael pacing. He's yeah. He knows that he's hurt his friend. This is weighing on him. In the meantime, Pam comes in. She's got her coat on. She's been out. Where was she? Guys, she bought a Coke. Yes. And she gives it to Jim and says, will you just buy this Coke off me because I really miss you and I want to talk to you. And so he gives her a dollar. He hands her the Coke. And now the jinx is broken. The jinx is broken. I have my MySpace blog from back then and a question people asked a lot. I looked at it and they were like, I and I I wrote in my MySpace blog, a lot of you asked about the Coke scooch. I the called it three little taps tap, on the tap, Coke. Tap. Yeah. yeah. And they wanted to know if it was scripted. And I said, no, Jenna just did that. That was improvised. And after I did it, I'll never forget. Greg Daniels goes, oh, oh, I love that. Oh, I love the little taps on the soda. Yeah. And he was like, we're using that one. We're using that one. We were in the middle of filming. And he was like, when you edit this, you got to use the three taps. I only did it that one time. But he was so delighted in the moment. It's very cute. And then also... You guys saying hi and hey to each other was mm-hmm. not scripted. That's right. Yeah. That was not scripted. No, that was just in the moment. Mm-hmm. It was really sweet. So they have this whole scene where he gets sworn in by Hank, the security guard. Yes, he gets sworn in as honorary volunteer corporal. Corporal. As part of the official security supervisor yes. branch. Yeah. Is this a little foreshadowing to the fire drill episode in season five, Jenna? What happens in that one? Dwight decides one of our security measures we're lacking in is safe fire skills. Oh, perhaps. This Why is now he... under the umbrella of yeah. being this official officer. Why would he think that he could lock us in a room and start a fire unless he didn't feel like he had the power to do it? This is where it started. You guys, I'm seeing a lot of like little things tipping to later seasons. Well, at 19 minutes and 30 seconds, we had a fan catch. Olivia Fitzgerald and Michael Gabe wrote in to say, when they're talking to the security guy, his name tag says Tate. No. Yeah. Oh, good catch. It says Tate. So, Angela, 
I spent about 40 minutes on this name tag. Oh, no. Let me tell you. Oh, Lord. So first of all, the security officer, who we know as Hank. Yes. Who was played by Hugh Dane. Who was amazing. Amazing. We first met him in the Halloween episode, Mm -hmm. which was 15 episodes ago. Right. He didn't speak. Right. Now, 15 episodes later, he shows up. He's got a name tag that says Tate. Now, Hank will not be back again until season four. Wow. The episode is Night Out. I'm like, well, I got to watch Night Out and see what his name tag says. Oh, my Lord. Guess what? What's it say? He doesn't wear a uniform in that one. Oh, fart. (laughs) No name tag. So next episode he's in is Goodbye, Toby. So you watch that. Guess what? No name tag. No name tag. At this point, I stopped watching episodes, okay? I was like, I, this is gone. Three, three hours of your life. <laughs> it's gone yeah. too far. The, by the way, these were all really great episodes, especially Goodbye, Toby. <laughs> anyway, he is going to come back in season five again. And when we get to that episode, I will look for a name tag. I'm going to track it. Mm-hmm. I'll track the name tag. On Dunderpedia, they list his name as Hank Tate. Oh, so So they've assigned Tate as his last name. I'm not sure that's official, but I think that's one way to go with it. That is one way to go with it. That might save you three hours. Yeah. So thank you for that fan catch. I have a Jenna catch from this scene. Okay. At 20 minutes, 21 seconds, when Dwight asks Hank how many orange traffic cones he has. Yeah. You can see our camera operator's elbow in the shot. Oh, you can? So that's my Jenna catch. Well, poor Hank is now stuck with Dwight. He wants to bring his bow staff to work. Yeah. He wants, he's like judging him for his cone usage. I'll tell you a scene I wish there had been. I really want to see the scene where Michael goes down to Hank and says, here's the deal. (laughs) (laughs) Dwight's having a rough day. He has to be part of your security team. And Hank's like, hell no. Yeah. I want to see that scene. Yes. The scene that preceded this scene. Yes. Because you can tell that scene happened. Like, you can tell that moment happened all by the way that Hugh plays it. Because you can tell that he's, like, gotten roped into some idea. He's totally annoyed. Yeah. All right, guys. Final scene. Jim and Pam are finally talking in the break room. And they're sharing the Coke. Just like you and Oscar. Two little cups. Yeah, know, two little I, cups Oscar with a Coke. I, that would be our treat. And Jim has this talking head where he is talking about Michael and Dwight, and he's saying about Dwight, I just don't see what he gets out of that relationship. Yeah. But hmm. in the meantime, yeah, he didn't talk for a whole day because the person he's in love with thought it would be fun. Yeah. What is he getting out of this relationship? What is he getting out of this relationship? And that's how it ends. Yeah. Well, listen, that was very loaded, that scene, Mm -hmm. I felt like. And there are some deleted scenes that we didn't get to talk about. One, I have to bring this one up. Jim gets a call at front reception. Pam answers it. It's Brenda. What? Yes. So is that obviously who he went on the date with? I would think, right? I would think. and. Pam is like, oh, and sends the call through and then looks at Jim like, are you going to answer it? And he doesn't. <gasps> and then he has this Does moment. Does she say it's Brenda? She goes, yeah, uh, Jim, call for you. It's Brenda. Wow. Yeah. 
And then it cuts to him by himself in the hallway by the Dunder Mifflin sign. And he holds up a little like piece of paper he's written on and it says, she'll call back. Oh, someone's confident. (laughs) Also, there's a talking head that I have. It's also in the bloopers. And Jen Salata and I could not get through this. We kept laughing. It's probably one of the reasons why they didn't use it. But I have a line where I say, I used to get a runner's high. That's why now I swim. I remember that. And Jen could not stop laughing. So in the bloopers, you hear her cracking up. I feel like Jen was particularly tickled by Angela, by the way. (laughs) I felt like whenever... You guys, whenever you had to do a talking head from a Jen Salata episode, everyone was like, all right, this is going to be a while because these two gals are just going to crack up. Well, my lines were always so ridiculous. Like the stuff she would write for me would be so. That's what I mean. I think she liked your character. And the same with Dwight. She loved Dwight, too, because there is a deleted scene that's also in the bloopers where Dwight has this talking head saying, I will find the person who committed this heinous crime. If I have to pray to Thor himself, he has this ridiculous talking head. Rain could not get through it. No. Rain and Jen, they were dying. And then lastly, in the deleted scenes. Is this when we find out whose joint it was? Yes. We have to tell everyone this. Of course. You tell. No, you tell. You watched it. Okay. Well, walking into the parking lot, the documentary camera crew catches the two guys from Vance Refrigeration, played by our writers, Lee and Jean. Gino and Leo are That's their character right. names. They're walking in. It's just a spy shot from the back. And I think it's Gene is smoking a joint. And he just flicks it into the parking lot. That's whose joint it was. Mm-hmm. Vance Refrigeration. Yeah. No one at Dunder Mifflin. There you go. There you go. That's drug testing, everyone. Join us next week for conflict resolution. Yeah. All right. I will uh, see you guys next week. Uh, Jenna's going to let you know if I pass my urine test. I will. I'll let you know. Thank you for listening to Office Ladies. Office Ladies is produced by Earwolf, Jenna Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Our show is executive produced by Cody Fisher. Our producer is Cassie Jerkins. Our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. And our associate producer is Ainsley Bubico. Our theme song is Rubber Tree by Creed Bratton. For ad-free versions of Office Ladies, go to stitcherpremium.com. For a free one-month trial of Stitcher Premium, use code OFFICE. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks.